You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm very excited. I have a guest here that I've interviewed before on a different podcast, actually, and really enjoyed the conversation. So I brought him back on to speak to you. So I'm here with Matt Boyles. So he helps gay, bi and trans guys to build confidence, fitness and strength. So they love who they are when they look in the mirror. I love that line. They love who they are when they look in the mirror. And excuse my voice, I'm getting over, I'm getting over COVID. So that's why it's a bit all over the place, but hopefully you can hear me okay. So welcome, Matt, to the podcast. Hi, Lisa. Lovely to see you again. Thanks for having me. Love what you've done with the place. (laughs) How are you doing today? You good? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, kind of jumping ahead, but just this year, I've just loved what I do fallen in love with it even more which I didn't think possible but (laughs) here I am you can kind of see that you have as well because like all of the stuff that I see online you are suddenly everywhere um which is a good thing like I like that but you can tell how much you're enjoying it and the different parts of what you do that you're doing It it feels like you're doing a lot and you're enjoying all of it I really am and if I look back at say my first day when I started studying to be a personal trainer like almost 12 years ago what I thought I'd be then versus what I'm doing now is so unimaginably amazingly different and how it's exploded and the number of people I get to support and cheer on and reach and encourage and inspire cliche alert but it isn't work it's just my absolute passion that helps me bounce out of bed and Honestly, I couldn't be more proud. I couldn't be more proud of my own journey and what I've done and what I've created. But also, like everyone I get to work with and meet, and just this, this starting this kind fitness revolution of it's okay to do it your way, your terms. And like that was when I started the business about I wanted to do fitness differently to how it's always been done. Like serious black and white moody photos. Fitness is a serious game for men, and it's all burn bros. I'm like, <laughs> not me. So wanting to bring in my silly personality, but still keep the fitness like serious and sensible, but bring that personality, that element edge that doesn't need to be done how it's always done. We could make this a fun experience. And then that's when that's when it sticks. That's when the magic happens. And that's really what we're all here for. A bit of magic. That, yeah. And, and you're right, because that's why most people don't stick to fitness. Because it's a it can be boring yeah. if you're doing the same thing over and over again. Um, but secondly, because it feels so serious, it's like a chore. It's like something that you have to tick off your list to do. And actually, there are yeah. ways of making it fun. Like we've all you know, I've, I've been to a nightclub and danced five hours and not seen that as exercise. exercise. <laughs> like there are ways to do things that mean that you're enjoying fitness. So take us back and tell us you studied as a personal trainer. Like mm. at what point did you go, OK, I'm going to a niche into mm. such a small niche. But secondly, I'm going to take this online and do things a bit differently. When I qualified originally, because I didn't know any other way, I started as a 
in inverted commas, traditional trainer. So I stood in the park, trained people there, counted their reps, cheered them on. And that was great, especially because I'd come from a, an office job. I'd worked in marketing for about nine years. And that set me up in some ways as well, which was great. But the move into personal training was what I wanted to be because I was now in the industry I loved and wanted to be in. And that was very satisfying for the first few years. But like I realized I wasn't changing the world. I wasn't reaching as many people as I really could. Like basically people who lived within a, a mile of Clapham Common was who I could train. Yeah, they're, they're um, you're changing the lives of. Yes, <laughs> you start somewhere. That, well, exactly, exactly. And then also there's only so many hours in the day, obviously links, linking time and selling your time for money. And then also it, it was a lovely job in the summer in shorts and t-shirts. November, December, when it's minus two and you're still going to turn up in a dicey rain. Like, I paid my dues six years in a row doing that. Like, I was always there, but I was done to think, yeah, maybe there's, you know, another way of doing this. And it was about five and a half years ago, I'd started to see the rise of other online trainers and some people doing big numbers, Joe Wicks, Kayla, it seems, people like that, and thought, well, actually, maybe I could do that, but maybe I could, just, maybe I could do it a bit more elevated. There could be a bit more personality in it something a bit more um higher end even as well and started looking into building an online thing and it was the same time that i realized i did want to niche because when i was training in the park i trained everyone you fall through the cracks no one knows who you really speak to or understand and it was about then that i'd been getting into fitness well so i've been getting into fitness maybe three years before I came a, became a pt and so i've been doing it for maybe nine years and my fitness was really like oh actually I feel amazing. This has completely changed my life. And as a gay man who hadn't felt like he knew himself or had a voice or a confidence to have realized I'd been on this journey and I had all those things and I did speak up and I had my boundaries better, realizing that uh, probably a large swathe of my lovely community might also be feeling the way and could also benefit from it. That was the turning point of I'm going to put my flag in the sand and say, I am here for us. I'm going to make it kind, fun, accessible, not scary. And I'm never going to shame you or use any of those horrible tactics you hear about in the fitness industry, which obviously never stick. And that was the turning point. And that's when obviously things really took off. And the goal was to stop the face to face training at some point. But I stopped it within eight months because the online just went. And I was like, oh, OK. And then I did start to have that freedom that. When you become a personal trainer, they sell you this lie that, oh, you know, you be your own boss, you work your own hours. You don't when you're a traditional because you've got to be up at 5.30 to train people who want to train before they go to work. And then when they finish work, six till nine. But now moving online, I started to create this nine to five, nine to six job. And I was that that was that moment of it's brilliant for more people because I can reach them. But it's brilliant for me because I get that freedom I always dreamed of. Yeah, I feel like one of the things that you did really well was realized quite early that you needed to niche. Now, I talk about niching all the time and why it's important. And we mm. go through, in this industry, we go through these kind of ups and downs of people going, yes, you need to niche. Like it's, then the riches are in the niches or whatever they say <laughs> like in America. And then yeah. they go through this other period of time where everyone goes, no, we have to be multi-passionate and we can serve everyone and let's forget niching. And I've always stuck to I think niching is really important because if there are so many people serving everyone, then why wouldn't you go to a specialist on the person that you need? What made you, did you niche for you or did you niche because you realized that was good for business? Terrible politician answer here, but a bit of both. Okay. But I'd seen, I'd had interactions with other PTs and remembering my first experience of walking into a gym and feeling like I didn't belong or I didn't know what was going on. I thought people were judging me and realizing 
oh, this is this probably isn't unique to me. And speaking to other PTs about it, and one of them, a straight guy, he was lovely, but said, oh, I can't understand why a gay guy wouldn't be happy in a gym. All those other guys wearing a T-shirt. And I'm like, you just don't get it, and you never will, because he never hasn't lived that. He hasn't been in our shoes. But it can be an intimidating experience. And that's, again why I want to make what I do so accessible and fun and baby steps people into it because, and also it doesn't need to be the gym. It's why I have homework here, home workout hero, like this homework, pro- home, not homework, <laughs> home workout program to show you there is another way. You don't have to do things how they've always been done. Yeah. I can understand the intimidation, like of walking mm. there. I, even when I walk in there at the back of the room, there's always those big men doing loud noises that I'm sure <laughs> don't need to be made just to use the gym equipment. And I feel like walking straight back out again. That's why yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's intimidating for lots of us. Um, and helping people get comfortable there if they want to, is part of what I do, but equally showing all these different routes that it like so many different ways you can do it. And it doesn't need to be done how you think it does. And it also doesn't need to make you feel like you're back in a PE class when you were 11 and bring back those quite visceral feelings and emotions that you can do it at home, you can do it elsewhere with friends. Like the world is your oyster for fitness and just showing people the possibilities. I, I love, really love that. And like helping people see you can do it on your terms. That's what I really stand for. Which you can. And when you did that niching, did you see a mm. difference straight away like business-wise? Did, did it help? like yeah people yeah absolutely because five years ago no one was doing that like i was the only gay specific lgbtq specific trainer and like i quickly grew a facebook group because the, the other thing was i was looking for an online group to just be part of that wasn't like that didn't instantly descend into dating and here here's my sticks back and all of that i wanted it to be again be a kind motivating community and it didn't exist so I built it and my Facebook group took off really quickly and it's still, there's 5,000 of us, it's warm and it's about motivation and there's no topless selfies allowed. Like I, <laughs> that we, we, we did for a bit and I realized it was putting some people off, even if it was done in a look at my progress way, it was putting off the newcomers. And I just, I wanted everyone to feel welcome from day one. Yeah, it's all about inclusivity, isn't it? And making mm. everyone want to be there. I think that's such an important thing with all communities and people don't often think of it in that way but actually the more that you can make everyone feel welcome and safe the longer people stay there which is good for business at the end of the day so people that come to you now where are they in their fitness journey are they like right at the beginning and they don't even know where to start I would say about 30 40 percent are right at the beginning or they've tried some things and it sort of has worked a bit or it hasn't really stuck and they're still unsure if fitness is something they will do, they can do. And that was literally my the wording I always used to feel. I used to think that fitness was what other people did. And so that's why this baby step sensible approach works. Uh, some people are a bit further along, a bit more advanced, but no one comes to me for high-end Olympic training because like... So you, I'm not a specialist in that. And I know who I serve and how I work and what I'm best at, how I'm best at helping people. And there are people out there who do super high end, like technical training. And I love that, but that's not me. And people don't come to me for that. Yeah, which makes sense. What's the mm. biggest challenge that you've had in the growth of this business so far? It was refusing to accept that I was the bottleneck for far too long. So I was a solopreneur for 
four and a half of the four years of the five of the five that I've been doing online training. And part of what I do with my clients is a regular check-in call, but well, for different tiers of people, whatever plan they're on. Um, and, and at some weeks I was doing like 40 of these and they're only, I say only, exactly, only in inverted commas, 10, 15 minutes, but then A, that adds up, B, you've got to prepare for the call, make the changes, update the notes, all of that afterwards. But I've always had, and I'm, this I'm sure is quite relatable to most people, oh, but no one else can do what I'm doing. I'm so unique. And obviously my personality and what I do overall is unique, but that doesn't mean I can't work with other people, coaches and assistants and support to who can learn very easily or actually would do have the same ethos. So earlier this year, I hired David, who is an amazing, amazing guy. He's, uh, we call him the client success coach. And he now does the client checking calls and he loves it. And he's been through the program. So he knows it in, intimately. And what's brilliant is I am fit and strong. I'm not, but I'm not a like Instagram steroid body, but no. I still think, <laughs> hey, <not today. laughs> but I still think some people look at me and go, oh, that's unobtainable. And it's just because I've been doing it for 15 years. David, and this is going to sound shady, but he's in the trenches. He's working out. He's much more on their level. He's doing it now. He's doing it now. So he helps people feel seen, heard, and understood even better maybe than I was doing. So actually, it wasn't just that someone could replicate what I was doing. They're doing it better. And clients are loving the relationship with him. And they still have contact with me via Facebook Lives and Zooms and email if they need. But it just allowed me to take a step back, become that CEO a little bit more, and just get some time back to look at doing all the other things, like my book that came out earlier this year, for example, Clang. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the book in a minute because I'm excited. (laughs) excited about the book um i think this is a really important note to take because i think that so many of us in business we don't we are the bottleneck in our business for two reasons normally one we don't think anyone can do it as well as us let me tell you that there are loads of people that can do the things you don't want to do better than you like there definitely are i remember the first time that i had a tech va and i was like well no one will be able to do this of course they did what i could do in two days within one hour because that's what they do all day every day and the second thing is we often think that we're not at the right stage to outsource like we don't have enough money Often, before you're ready, you're going to have to outsource to grow the business. And it's one of those risks that entrepreneurs have to take. So I think it's a really important point. Let's just talk about the book. So you were in my mastermind. And as part of the mastermind, you do write a book. And I think sometimes when we say to people, you know, you've got to write a book, that's a bloody daunting prospect, (laughs) an entire book of thousands of words. Were you excited to write it? excited because I love being creative and I do like a challenge nervous because when I was at university I never hit the word count not even once in my essays I was always filler words and therefore and if you look at this therefore and we go into this example again and like oh god can I do it but like I loved what I did at university I did American studies but I really love helping my community helping gay by trans guys understand fitness like well-being, nutrition, workouts. I love all of that. And I know it so deeply and so intricately that when I did sit down to do it, it just blurred out of me. It's a passion. Uh, When you're passionate about something, I think it's easy to write about it. Yeah, it really is. And I'm so grateful that I have. And it was a great experience. And it forced me to reflect on lots of things. And I learned a lot in the process of doing it as well. Uh, I really loved it. And I could not be more proud of what I created. What's your book called? Oh, Lisa, as you asked, it's called, so my company obviously is Fitter, Confident You. It's called the Fitter, Confident Universe. 
an LGBTQ plus guide to well-being on our terms. I love that. I think it's going to be so good that people can go and get the book that they need that is tailored for them because that's not out there. And now no. it is. No, and it's, it is it is a handbook. And so there's practical advice on how to get started, how to do, like how to think about workouts, how to set up for them. There's things on motivation, mindset. There's also a bit about our history, LGBTQ plus history and why we don't always feel motivated to work out and why we do struggle with identity and sometimes internalized homophobia and things like that. And the impact that can have even now, however old you are, on how you feel about yourself, what you do for yourself. And really, if I can help even one person chip away at that and just feel like they deserve it, then the book's done its job. Yeah, absolutely. And when people read this book, I presume that what they're going to do then is want to work more with you. Do you have courses that people go into or how do people first come and work with you? I'm presuming it's not one-to-one anymore. It's not one-to-one as such, but there's still still quite a bit of me in there. <laughs> so, I mean, the simplest way is people come into the Facebook group. It's such a lovely environment to be in and we do challenges and it's fun and people get inspired. And what I really love in there is when people who aren't clients say, even just being in this group has helped me start doing this. And like that impact and spreading that, that positive ripple effect just bubbling out across the world makes me so happy. The flagship program is my 12-week Fitter Confident You, which has so much in it now. So another thing is this year I brought in some outside associate coach, coaches. So we've got a mindset coach, we've got a yoga coach, all included as part of the fitness training, the nutrition, the support from David. There's a Facebook group like... It's just like, again, even when I started five years ago and I had a 12-week plan then, what it is now is just polar opposites. Well, no, not polar opposites. It's just, it's evolved in such a beautiful way that there's so much to support people. And things do do evolve over time because you will Hmm. notice as you're doing things what your clients need more of. And so you've been able to add them in, which is really important. Okay, so here's my question. For those people that sit there like I do all day at their computer and they need to just do something tiny to add in to start to become fitter, what would you tell them to do? Okay, I'm going to give you four little things to do. Four, okay. Four, I know. (laughs) The gift that keeps on giving. Make sure, and this is such a personal trainer, trainer cliche, but it's that for a reason. Make sure you're drinking enough water. <laughs> just, for those of you that can't see, I'm just picking up my water as proof that Excellent. I am drinking it. Excellent. So females aim for two and a half litres, men aim for three litres. Um, and I know that sounds like a lot if you're not. So again, baby steps, start and build up slowly. Uh, a really simple hack for that, I hate the word, tip. Uh, say you've got a reusable bottle and it's 500 mils and you're aiming to drink two and a half litres in a day. Put five rubber bands on it and every time you, you finish the bottle, move a band up and the aim is to get the five to the top of the bottle by the end of the day. I Just like that. Simple. It's a game. Yeah. I like it. It's game. a game and it really, <laughs> really helps. And drinking water will keep you um, more focused, more energised um, and just... And, and not feeling like sluggish or have, or have fewer energy slumps during the day. So that's number one. Get out for a, literally a two-minute walk, if that's all the time you have, but get out into the light and do a bit of movement at the same time. Uh, it could be around the block. It could be into your garden. It could be going up and down your stairs a few times, but some kind of movement. Bodies respond and love a bit of movement. That gets the blood pumping. It completely changes your perspective, how you feel about yourself. So if you, even if you've been in Zoom meetings, like literally 
run up and down the stairs a few times, something to change what your body's been doing. Because body's also are really good at being efficient. So they, when you do the same thing for a long time, they sort of power down. And that's why you lose energy and you feel and you lose focus and mental acuity, all of that. So doing a little bit of movement. With that as well, do 10 squats literally to your chair. Lisa, I'm going to do them right now. Maybe not all 10, but literally stand up, squeeze your bum and sit down. 10 of those. I love that. That's easy to do. You can do that while you're on call. Exactly. Exactly. And then the fourth thing I've forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. That is such a you thing to do. (laughs) Well, there's three really good things. Those three alone. Will transform. Oh dear. Well, maybe there are only three. Let's say there were three. Maybe there are only three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's brilliant. Thank you for that advice. Like it's something to be getting started with. And I think that's what people Sorry. need. If they want to come and find out a bit more about you, where is the best place to do that, Matt? So I am fitter you global you in the middle fitter you global on Instagram Twitter and Facebook pop along like okay if you're not gay bi or trans man I promise what I do is about making it accessible and helping everyone because we all benefit when we all get a little bit fitter, stronger, healthier, happier, more confident. So all of my tips, certainly like the physical ones, apply to anyone and can help anyone get started. So do feel free to give me a follow. If you've got questions, ping me. I I love answering questions and helping people like giving advice. So if you want to know more, just drop me a DM. Slide into my DM. Slide into Matt's DMs. Brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. It's been absolutely amazing to talk to you, as it always is. You are like a Thank ray you. of sunshine in my day. Thank you, everybody else, for listening to this podcast. And if you've enjoyed it, I would love you to go and just give it a little review. Um, I always forget to ask people for reviews, but it does help other people get to hear it. So please do and go, go and do a review. And I will see you next week for another episode of Making Money Online. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.